everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club. Today's episode is unofficially brought to you by Service Ontario. Have you ever had to wait in a long lineup for a simple driver's license renewal, only to be turned back to the end of the line because you had a wrong had the wrong paperwork? Well, then you're in luck. Take a number and listen in. We're your hosts. Whiskey. And I got a rock. And today we have our very first special guest. Please give a warm welcome to Forever 21. He's uh, he he may not be able to contribute much because you know bedtime comes early. That's the that's the best way to put it. <laughs> so the topic today, we decided we're going to get really complicated, and we're going to talk about bureaucracy. In other words, the way I've seen it is how it's how semi-intellectual people use paperwork to justify a paycheck that doesn't produce any practical value. Now. I actually did some research this time, whiskey. So, so you are literate. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Um, just uh, forgive me, folks. I got a little bit of a cold, so my voice is a little bit more raspy and and uh, more than usual. So, I went into it a little bit. Uh, I googled, "Why do we need bureaucracy?" <laughs> Um, and it came up with immediately, the first thing that came up with was Max Weber's six characteristics of bureaucracy. Is this something that you, uh, you've done in your studies? Oh, he's pointing at his fancy book that he brought to the table. <laughs> so the first characteristic is specialization. All members of a bureaucracy are assigned specialized roles and tasks. Uh, second is technical competence. Bureaucratic members are specially trained for their specific roles. The third one is hierarchy. Bureaucracies always feature the supervision of subordinates by higher ranking managers and bosses. The fourth, rules and regulations. These are meant to make all operations as predictable as possible. Impersonality is the fifth. Rules come before people. No individual receives special treatment. And the last but not least is formal written communication. Documents such as memos are the heart of the organization and the most effective way to communicate. You know what's drier than a bureaucracy? Just listening to that little listening to, my, <laughs> listening to my diatribe. Yeah, well, not much I can do about that. It's what the Google told me. That's the right attitude to bring to this. Yeah. <coughs> so, the way I see it, Oh. Bureaucracies are necessary and are effective. Let's put it that way. They're effective in the same way that a glacier is effective at covering a landmass. Very slowly does it ever get things done. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, a glacier carves out hills and valleys. Okay. Transports fertile soil. I mean... I don't know what analogy you're using for it, but glaciers have done a lot for us. <laughs> the St. Lawrence Valley. <laughs> I'm saying they're as a, that's about as effective as they are. But what's good for the glacier is not good for the bureaucracy. So I, I think we need to really uh, look at things. We, we talked about how uh, in bureaucracies that they're fair and they're... There's lots of paperwork and there's lots of rules and there's lots of drama and there's all and all these nasty things are associated with bureaucracies. But we forget where they exist in the continuum of, of enterprises. Because, I mean, the government is an enterprise. They're incorporated. They're self-insured. They act as legal entities. 
Uh, the main the main part is that when we started this country, we started with a few rules. If you could get away with it, just do it. And, and your rights sort of ended when they infringed on somebody else's. But I think if you want to add in that young corporations and young businesses only focus on innovations and marketing in the beginning. As they move through the continuum, bureaucracies sit on the other end. Highly formalized roles, highly specialized tasks, documented procedures. So when we say, well, bureaucracies are slow and they're hard to change because it takes a lot of work to change procedures. If you ever written a whole procedure for something, that takes forever. Why? Because there's like 15 different people you have to get approved to make sure that a highly formalized organization has these different links. But Forever 21 here, he, I understand he just wants to get his form signed and get back on the road with his Domino's pizza. <laughs> but there's shit to do. And um, yeah, so bureaucracies, it's that specialization that we, we require. And Forever 21, I'm pretty sure, doesn't want to like being discriminated for being a generation Y. <laughs> the Centennials? The is Centennials, that what, is that yeah. What they're called now? More on that in another podcast. But where we'll talk shit behind his back and and he won't be able to defend himself. Uh, I actually I'm gonna interrupt you right there. The first thing is there's two things that I want to clear up. Um, first of all, why can't we just do things simply? Why can't we just solve our problems at the lowest level? Pride um, probably. Well, uh, well, we'll start we'll start there. But the second thing is, are we gonna are we gonna go full hog on? government bureaucracy and the origins of bureaucracy or are we going to talk about you know bureaucracies that you know most bureaucracy stems from government we're going to assume but there's a lot of corporate bureaucracy that happens as well and that's why if you if the, any any large organization that's when this applies right it's exactly it when i talked in the beginning i said government is like a business and they had certain attributes that were like a business in, in fact, they have a lot of attributes as they grow and evolve and formalize things, the same process. If you look at GE, or, well, it's an easier one. Let's go with JPL, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. They support NASA and their research. They have a very formalized uh, verification of all the different components before they go, or they're able to go into an aircraft. So is that a bureaucracy? Well, arguably, yes. Yes, it is a bureaucracy. And everybody has a highly formalized role. There's a highly test highly specialized process that allows a component to go on the aircraft and for them to achieve the mission. And unless there's the different layers uh, in that bureaucracy coordinating the different parts. So you're making engines, I'm making wheels, you're making drive shafts. If the drive shafts don't, can't drive the wheels and they can't take input from the motor, well, what's the point? So there has to be another layer of bureaucracy to manage that. And then that oversees on, that process. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. So if, if we're a highly complex organization. In a perfect it. world, sure. If you go to a horizontally, a horizontally integrated structure or horizontally integrated structure, uh, what happens is, is that there's a lot of room for social loafers. So a, a bureaucracy is a vertically structured organization. You have can, the different layers. Can you layers. explain what a social loafer is? <laughs> Whenever you have three more people, the probability that someone's not pulling their weight goes up. Really? Yes. we got three people in here. What's happening? <laughs> Forever 21 has not said a word besides food. <laughs> I don't know. I think you should take it a point of view from 
for example, in the news in the military, the we, they are going over what's called um, a weed foregen. And the main thing of topic of discussion that's coming over that is okay, how what's what's a weed foregen? Um, it's the basis, like it's a basic set of rules. Are you talking for, about cannabis? Yes. Okay, so we've already we did cover cannabis already, and I, 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 I'm sorry, I thought uh, no, no, that's was, fine, that's fine. Um, don't just shut down. Yeah, don't no, 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 I'm not. I'm not beat up on four after twenty one. No, 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 it's not. It's not about that. It's just about when we're talking about. Uh, we want to make sure that our listeners know exactly what it is we're talking about. Right. So if we're going to throw random words out. Right. I'm not talking about cannabis. I'm talking about the rules behind um, like use in the military right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what this, what it is for this weed forging. It's basically the rules going about it. And your main point earlier about talking about how slow the process is actually both of your points about why it was and how it's aggravating that it is. You should talk, look about the point of they can't know all the variables of writing a piece of document for kind of rules going into it. So they have to make basic kind of rules. And what's going to happen is they're going to add a lot more rules to this weed forage and after a lot of serious cases come about. And that's just how a lot of things well, go. Sure. So that's why it probably takes a long time because it takes a long time to iron out specific <laughs> details just because... The problem, Human nature is how it's like. The problem I have with bureaucracy is not in its effect when it does things that are justified, that are when it's effective. I don't have a problem with that. So I got this off of, um, not only did I just use the Google, but I just got, I also got this off of uh, PBS. Now, a lot of what they talked about was uh, American, uh, the American system, but a lot of it still applies to how we run things in Canada. Often what happens is bureaucracies are very powerful in the way, like I said, that a slow-moving glacier, as immense as it is, is quite powerful. The power that comes from elected officials who delegate that power to executive agencies, uh, for example, in the U.S., they're called departments. In Canada, we call them ministries, right? So once these agencies exist, they create power for themselves by maximizing their budgets. Bureaucracies lobby for their own interests. The bigger and more important they are, the more money they get from the elected government. And at least that's the case with Congress in the U.S. So, for example, national defense is a is one of those situations where they're able to get a lot of money. It's not not the same in Canada. It's a little different. Um, but a lot another source of their power is their extra expertise and command expert use of information in order to advise people in positions of power. What I, what I think we, we need to contrast here is like we pigeonhole government and then we go swim the other side saying, okay, now bureaucracies as they uh, engage in government. Now, I think you need to, we need to establish what you don't like and why it exists because otherwise it's actually going to turn into a rant. You, you can't hate the color red. You can't hate the color, color green. The, you, you just have to accept that they exist because otherwise, as primary colors, they're not going to have anything else in the world. Bureaucracies exist. They have a specific purpose in our lives, and we are richer for them. <clears throat> when things go awry, sure, they're, they're slower to adapt in most cases, but times are changing for bureaucracies, and bureaucracies themselves have evolved, the, the culture within them. So we see... As Forever 21 probably talked about, his favorite beer is... Corona. 
Oh. Well, you did come to Generation Y. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Anyways. You know, you know what's really sad about so that? Put the box on the table for a second. Good old, good old Rocks is the one who got me hooked onto that, so that's his fault. I like it, but it's peak if you're going to tell me what my, ask me what my favorite beer is, I'm not going to go with so, touristy swill. <laughs> so That's delicious. <laughs> so, you said Corona, but if you, if you said Moosehead, if you said... Uh, Budweiser, if you said a lot of these other major corporations, you realize that Moosehead before was a small brewery. Yep. Until they were bought, I believe Lobat bought them. So Lobat owns them. So, yeah. So, so how, do, how, why would they do, they already make blue and they have own everything else. Why would they buy Moosehead? They want to increase profits. But there's yes, also but increased that, distribution. But the, the the means in which they are going to increase extra profits. So Moosehead had a problem. Moosehead typically, when they, they see these, these small breweries, they go, you have a product, you have a cult following. We, as a bureaucracy, have trouble innovating because our own internal mechanisms don't work. So they create offshoot organizations or through acquisition or self-creation in order to increase innovation and by increasing innovation they create new products which gives them more money okay. but that means happens lockheed martin created a project called skunk works in which they took the engineers they create a they bought a parking lot i can't remember it was a smelly factory they really only call it skunk works anyways uh they put the engineers in there and the only thing they worried about was how much money was left that they have and how much time and then they spawn innovation so bureaucracies have their place. They generate money. They're predictable. They move slow. They follow the rules the best they can. Um, I mean, the, the air is human, right? And there's different layers of checks and balances. And then you, they offshoot and sponsor other innovation to enrich the lives of, for consumers. The problem is, and this is what, you know, you got to have a ground view of this too, right? And there's a lot of situations that bureaucracies create that are miserable for people, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't they don't like they don't like having to wait in lines, and they don't like having to go through what seems like needless checks and balances and red tape just to get something that would be conceived of as very simple done. I would argue that most of the time. When if if there's a check and balance there, it costs the company money. So the more checks and balances are required, the more money it's going to cost the company, and the company does not like losing money. Okay, now we're so, talking about in a company context. Actually, in the argument, if you look at a government, whenever you're filling out any type of template, there's a business case associated with it. Really. Yes. Well, so, what so would a business case for that be in a corporate sense? In a corporate sense. So let's say you had one, you had two people at the counter. You took form, the form, you went from one person and you walked over to the next person. Why is the second one re required? Why is the second check required? Why wouldn't you do the better, uh, better way of wording the form? So you're going to look at ways to try and reduce cost. If uh, whenever I work, I always have a saying, I try and only touch things once. So if I have to move it here to move it to the floor to move it to the car, I said, well, why don't I just walk it all to the car as soon as I can. This way, there's less stop and picking less it up. Less steps. Yes, and time is money in corporations. Right. In government, when you're trying to do business processes and trying to justify things, it does exist in government. 
Um, but it's not like it's not the value of time is money is not the same, right? I would agree, yes, no, because there's government people that are typically salary. And there's lots of different programs in government right now to try and <clears throat> spawn innovation, improve ideas, improve that delivery, getting them to the front lines as fast as possible. Well, I was going to say, you <coughs> mentioned uh, bureaucracies spawn creativity, not just you know, take a look at both positive as in they, they encourage it and from the negative points of view from, you know, from coming from lower points of the hierarchy where guys think they can do it better. But a lot of times they can't start it up on their own. So that's where they get a lot more profits was from okay, so guys get... starting on their own, but they have to do it under the wing of the big bureaucracy. Yeah, and that's why I talk about Moose. I'm glad you were able to yeah. read that out of the textbook. That, that was actually Whiskey my own opinion. This that's is his a, own. You're always so judgmental. <laughs> I can read Dilbert comics too. I got a whole slew of them on my laptop. I actually don't know what it says yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I get that. Um, I understand um, very basically that uh, when you're dealing with a structure, you have to have people that maintain the structure, and you also have to have people that update the structure. And you're balancing the difference between people who are very orderly and very good at maintaining structure and people who are very creative and are able to bring new ideas and bring new things into the structure. That, that brings up a very good point. So when we look at government, we always look, let's downsize the n- number of people in government because they only do a job. How hard is it to plug the ticket and to go over and go through the different processes? It's as the, hard as the, the government makes it. No, or hard as the no. organization makes it. Yeah, but they're legally bound to do certain checks and balances. If you say, let's not do uh, different checks and balances, and then, you know, someone doesn't couple the car properly and the... the Train rolls down the tracks and and it blows up a town called Lackmangon Tick. <coughs> the point is, is that if you constrain a government or constrain a bureaucracy to the point where it no longer has the the fat along the edges, it can no longer has the extra fat to do the extra work to refine the processes, because they're too busy trying to do the front the first primary job. The secondary job is to you know go over policy and vet them. But if the fat's not there for them to do that extra work, it can never survive. <laughs> or it'll always look like it's dysfunctional because it doesn't have the extra resources to improve their processes. So what you're talking about is um, sort of like how to control bureaucracy, right? So, In a roundabout way. Well, there's different decision-making models and they can exist or not exist in all bureaucracies. The way that I understand it, there's two different ways to try... Um, two different ways to try and control bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? The one, and this is obviously very rudimentary knowledge, but there are those controls that seek to limit the discretion of bureaucrats. Those are easier and more common. It's like they call them before the fact controls and after the fact controls. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Well, this is from PBS, so credits to them for giving me something that you didn't know. <laughs> it is PBS. Um, so, before the fact controls, attempts to limit bureaucrats' discretion through the way that the bureaucracy itself is set up. Um, careful drafting of legislation, basically careful drafting of legislation that creates bureaucracy itself. It's all procedural shit that goes into it. So, it's just making sure that we've considered every factor before we start providing funding to some organization or entity 
to make sure that they do have limits on their power, right? So we have, in Canada, we have similar controls. So if you don't follow um, Treasury Board guidelines, there's a there's a matrix that they go by. So if you a gross negligence or a gross violation of the rules, uh, include yeah withholding funding up to reorganization of whatever department that it is. And that's called after-the-fact controls, and that's oversight, hearings. Um, but the problem is, is like when you get into things like hearings, you see it in Congress all the time in the U.S., where you have a panel of old white men, and now more now more so you see women, congresswomen. And I watched the Kavanaugh affair. There's women on that panel. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> um, damn straight, there better be. Um, but you see these these very well experienced people in a in a half circle table grilling somebody who's sitting in. I guess a better example is when they did it to Tony Stark in Iron Man Two. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting oh. at, right? <laughs> you heard it. Forever Twenty One just downside rocks. No, you didn't do shit. <laughs> the problem is the more hearings can be very sexy. When there's like a very controversial topic that's happening, but the more hearings you have, the less interest, um, less interest from the public, uh, less interest it holds from the public. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're just talking about yeah, government controls. But you you just laid on a layer of bureaucracy to ensure bureaucracies work, and that's a, a fact. It, <clears throat> no, I'm saying that's how it actually works right now, but I'm saying it's not as effective as it could be. Because there's a lot of red tape, there's a lot of nonsense that we have to go through. I think you're pointing out a wrong problem with bureaucracy. I think a bigger problem you should be looking at is the relationship between a massive bureaucracy and a small business. And how a small business has a really tough time to compete with giant bureaucracies. So I agree. And small businesses, when they're starting out, like I mentioned earlier... They focus on two things, innovation and marketing. So where is that oversight and compliance? Well, that's a bureaucracy level layer. So they're not equipped to do it. That's why they're ideally to get uh, poached, subsidized by another organization that can look after that and has that expertise for them. Well, is there also like any safeguards that take a, that protect them from ha- keeping their creative control over their own product because I know a lot of times when they get taken over a lot of their innovation gets stripped away from a lot of people who want to give their own input and usually their input from the larger parent of that relationship will you know have trump is there any things that go against that or is that just another flaw well it comes down to how you legally protect your intellectual property so if we look at Nortel and the infiltration by <coughs> by hackers to steal all their all their intellectual property, uh, if you look at uh, what's another example, I don't have another example of that. But anyways, yeah, the intellectual the theft of intellectual property is huge and is a problem. Does, can a, a large corporation come and buy another small corporation and expect to take their in, their intellectual property and add it to the portfolio? I would argue they're buying that company for that intellectual property on purpose because it complements something you already own. Um, in some ways, it, it's, it's also a legal maneuver 
uh, a large corporation will buy a smaller organization just to avoid a lawsuit. So right there, I already see a problem with small businesses. If you, your prior point was that they aren't equipped to handle kind of litigation, then aren't bureaucracies already have an advantage of getting what they want instead of making a fair deal? Well, what the, I, something, something I don't no, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think, yes, the advantage of bureaucracies is that they're highly technical, highly skilled, and they have a, a very methodical way of going about their business. And as a formalized structure, yes. If you're looking at a small business, they're horizontal structures. Uh, and everybody works in their little small little team. There's lucky if there's one boss and the boss might even be in that section that's innovating or might be in that section that's marketing and and, and they might be doing all of it. Uh, are they equi are well equipped to do it? Well, no, that's the danger of a startup. That is risk. So if you don't want to get bought up, well, if you sell stock and you sell, if you sell over 50% of your stock and controlling interest in your company, just so you can finance your new innovation, well, that's a risk you took, okay? You could wait, potentially wait another year. You could look for another investor. You could afford a bond instead of uh, share. There's a whole bunch of different business practices that are tied to that. So does bureaucracies have advantage over small businesses? Yes. But do small businesses have advantage over large corporations? Also, yes, because that small business can pick up and move often, or it has the ability to turn over innovation much faster. It doesn't have to worry about all the checks and balances. It can do trial and error much faster. It doesn't necessarily have to go for the same justification level for every process it has. Because again, bureaucracies are highly formalized small business, young startups are not. At what point does a bureaucracy actually become necessary? Like we talk about size and growth, but like what's the criteria for it? Like when decision-making becomes too complicated and you don't have enough information? Usually it comes down to the size of the company. So if you have a small number of people, it's easy for them, for us to organize for this, for example, at this table, we're gonna cook supper. It's easy for me to look you in the eye and say, okay, you're working on that piece. I'm going to work on, on, on the roast. He's going to set the table and make the salad. It's fairly easy because we're, we're in close proximity. Once you get larger, the requirement for formalization is higher because you have greater responsibility. Uh, when we talk about social loafing, well, we hired an employee because we were not doing it ourselves. You're not a stakeholder anymore. So you hire employees, they're going to have certain expectations. The problem is when the employee doesn't meet your expectations, what do you do about it? Well, you need to formalize what we expect of you. We need to write down what you do for us. If we don't, you're going to, some people just completely take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine-ish, I guess. But there's a point we need to rein them in. And how do you rein them in? You're just going to tell them verbally? Well... In some cases, no. When we're debating terms of your contract, well, we need to write down what they're going to do. This is where I would turn it around and say it's at that point where I think bureaucracies in particular have the potential to create problems. Because what happens is they are given a mandate, and when that mandate is fulfilled or there's, or there's no longer a requirement to fulfill that mandate, they create... Uh, they create a necessity for their existence. 
by saying if you by telling an executive uh, branch or whatever by telling them if you get rid of us you will no longer be able to fill, fulfill this critical mandate and they'll wordsmith it in a way that makes it sound like you know it's absolutely essential for this organization to, this branch to be in place when it may not be that's what happens when bureaucracies go too far right i don't know how to address it like i talked what i said earlier you know what i talked about earlier when i said what happens when people use paperwork to justify their existence it's along the same line i know but we we, we kind of talked about it already when i when we talked when i said that how if a process does not generate value for the bureaucracy it'll cease to exist um i probably the most basic uh, kind of interesting example is how google plus was hacked mm. okay that was very recent now if we look at a business decision a that it wasn't performing very well large company bureaucratic organization yep. lots of rules mm-hmm. said okay to clean this up is going to cost us a lot of money you're not generating enough revenue therefore you're now terminated they just got rid of it people are effective probably reassigned <coughs> but google plus is gone right so you're saying you know, how you, if people or, or bureaucratic organizations have wings that generate or that generate unnecessary paperwork and do not necessarily exist for a particular reason maybe not a, an apparent reason maybe it's there like the token weed store in a dry town or maybe it's the post office when no one's selling postage stamp anymore but they have a government directed mandate to fill an obligation never underestimate the power of an elected official because they are the voice of the people if we are looking to serve our community with certain uh services and those services are mandated by government it's there people may or may not use it but they have a requirement to serve that area and they serve it so don't hate the player hate the game so if if the people don't want it (laughs) then don't vote for someone who says they're going to put it in now, what you're talking about is if no, if just, an organization outlasts its mandate or if it's not fulfilling its purpose, um, then, yeah, in a business sense, it'll get terminated, like you said, with Google+. And? Yes. Can I but, post door-to-door delivery? Well, that's not happening anymore. Or No, we demand. What ha- what's going on with that? They're, they're, are they bringing that back? It wasn't happening for a while. If... Yeah, they're still calling back to the mailboxes. That's still happening. All the new communities that have walk-up mailboxes. But if you had it before, then they're going to keep it. Um, that's what I recall anyway. What um, I understand about Canada Post in particular is that they're short-staffed. Uh, and possibly according to them, I don't know what the deal is, but it sounds like they're short-staffed and that's why they strike a lot. Well, I, I think there's a little more complexity too when you got the union. <clears throat> They have two separate unions. They have a letter carrier union, and then they have a door-to-door. Or sorry, uh, so they have letter carriers that go door-to-door. Then they have the the country ones that drive around to the different mailboxes in the country. Mm. And one, uh, the, the, some people say the ones that drive around work twice as hard as the ones that actually do the door-to-door carrying. I don't know, but there's some some interesting facts here. So we have a bureaucracy that is looking at the cost of services to service a large area. It's easier for them to drop the mail off at a certain 
Uh, a centralized location. Exactly. Yeah, and I agree with that. And so they're trying to evolve as a bureaucracy, but the people... Are fucking getting in the way. And people don't like it. And that's, well, and that's a, okay. Yeah, but, that's um, okay. I mean, that's their right as people. But I also think that there's a lot of fucking lazy fat asses out there who aren't willing to walk 100 meters down to their local centralized box to pick up their mail. I go and do that all the time. I don't have a problem with it. Get out and walk. You're a hater. <laughs> I'm a Sounds bit like of, an elitist, too. I'm a bit of, I'm, a, I'm an elitist. <laughs> if I get off my ass and walk down the street to go and pick up mail, how am I an elitist? Providing you have two functional legs and it doesn't cause you I'm actually in favor of the post. Come on, man. I'm making their lives easier. If they can put all, if I'm part of their. Part of their plan to make life their lives easier. I'm going to support them. Well, oh, I wouldn't say easier because walking down to the post isn't like dropping off your mail in one centralized location. That means you need less manpower. That means less people who have. Jobs. They're, gonna, they're not going to use it to. Ju- they're not going to use that to justify firing people. They're already short staffed as it is. No way. Are you serious? Okay, so then there's the problem. There, you just identified the problem for me. That they're going to use that bullshit excuse and you're in to favor of that problem, people? and apparently you are in, <laughs> I'm all in favor of that. I'm in favor of common sense solutions. If they're going to use that to fire their own people, if they're going to use a common sense solution to get rid of their own people, then that's the problem with the bureaucracy. Well, any kind of system would have to do that. Why? Because they, they can't justify hiring fifty guys when it takes maybe two guys to drop off mail at one location. Find any system that won't make that decision. Go talk to a post person and ask how many people they actually have that are working in their area. It was an example. Completely it wasn't exactly an understand. exact number of how many guys are working Running there. around sweaty as balls. You know why they I can't? think you avoided the point there. And so, but I think you're missing the, missing the point a bit. So when you bought your house, you bought it knowing that there's a certain delivery service that you rely on in that area. Then Canada Post want to change the service through there. So I understand why a person would revolt against that. Why? If you can't walk. You look at the average age of the person, people that own houses are above 60. Okay. Forever 21 here is not the type of guy buying houses. Okay. okay. It's everybody else that's older. And the people are <coughs> people that are actually driving the housing market now are seniors. They're looking at a downside. So then let's just create more bureaucracy for them. They're gonna we'll we'll put the we'll put a form in the mail for them where they say where we say, in order to qualify for door door service, you have to fill out this form. And then we will provide direct to door service for your postal needs. We're just gonna create more bureaucracy to solve that problem. You're like the king of random right now. What's going on with no. you? No. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Where is this form going to go? Or you're, or you're just you've you've seen one problem and you realize that even though it is a problem, that's how it is, and you're just going to be miserable about it instead no, of I'm think, not thinking of a genuine a genuine solution to the actual problem. So the point is, is that yes, I agree with them phasing out door to door delivery. So all new communities should have. A communal community mailboxes. That's fine. So do you agree with them firing people and letting people go in order to achieve that end? If the if the people, well, you just said you hate when uh, bureaucracies bureaucracies are bloated, and then we give you an option saying we're going to scale our, our our mandate or 
and our targets to suit, um, let's say, to suit our objectives. So we're going to, if we have to streamline people, then we're going to streamline people. But in this situation, the bureaucracy is not bloated. But if I do community mailboxes, instead of having one person do a whole the community, work, the work. I have one guy yes. that does three communities at once because he can, he can go the every hour, he can go to a new mailbox. Yeah, and I'm all for that. But if if the bureaucracy is not bloated, how can they justify getting rid of those people? Because they don't need them. What other justification do you need? The justification is that they don't have the people. Or sorry, the justification is that they have too many people and I already said that they don't have enough people. In all regions For the system Canada. they have now. In all regions, all across Canada. And they don't have They don't even have enough people for the system that they're looking to implement. Well, I don't know if what they're looking to implement, but they don't have enough people to support the system they have now. The system we're talking about doesn't mean doesn't need as many people as they do have. Okay. I think we're, we're getting I think we're getting a little bit of miscommunication and I thought I was very clear in explaining my point. Okay. Ross Here's, is turning red just no, for the record. I am getting I'm getting a little fired up. <laughs> it's his Irish heritage. <laughs> Irish heritage, whatever. Go ahead, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um no. The way I understood it... He spells whiskey with an E. <laughs> no, I don't spell whiskey with an E. I spell it with a Y. That's Scottish. Dick. You're going to criticize my grammar as well as my lack of understanding? How dare you? All right. The way I understand it... <laughs> and I thought the Generation Y were the hot-headed ones. <laughs> no, no. I get very passionate about this stuff because I'm looking out for the common guy. How so? <laughs> you just told me you're in favor of bloating bureaucracies. No, I'm not in favor of bloated bureaucracies. I'm not. We're talking about a very specific situation. Yes, like but the Canada Postal Service. Okay, so you're you're getting very <coughs> hot and bothered because I feel like I'm not being understood. Here's the better question. Here's the better question. Instead of firing the people that they won't need once they implement a system where it's all where they're dropping off mail at one centralized location, what would you do conclusion. to those guys? You're jumping That's to what a will happen. No, you're jumping to an automatic conclusion. You're we're gonna fire people that we don't need, that we don't have now. For the system we have. So who now. are we gonna fire? Okay, so come on. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do understand what you're saying. And I I think I understand what you're saying. So the, I think the 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 key point is, I understand if you have an, a, an organization that doesn't have the manpower into that, in, the manpower to fulfill its mandate, we should not cut people. Got it. Check. So we went from a hypothetical situation okay. into a specific example with probably about 25% of the facts on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> At the most. I'm fighting for <laughs> hypothetical people that may or may not exist. So you could, because we only had 25% of the information on the on the table here. Yeah. None of none of these sides will ever win. Okay. <clears throat> it's understandable. And we could take That's it fair. Take it out. Take it Go out behind the dumpster and fight it out. But realize we only have 25% of the information, and whatever conclusion we come to, it'll be wrong. <clears throat> the point is, is that if you create innovation within a uh, that's another piece is that new classical growth theory states that 
if you have fixed manpower and fixed resources, the only way you the only way you can increase productivity is to innovate. So as Forever 21 was saying, that by changing their processes, by innovating, they're going to be able to create throughput for the organization, help out the common man by getting be better mail services, and maybe not working so hard. Yes. So there's there's a lot more systems at play here in your Canada Post example. Yes. The point is, bureauc and then we go down to bureaucracies <laughs> do play a role in what we do, uh, but they have a very specific role and specific function, and they're highly formalized. If you're trying to compare that to a simple organization, the analogy won't fit. Yeah, I get that. So if you're angry at the DMV... <laughs> As long as you bring the right paperwork, you got no reason to be angry. <laughs> if you're at the DMV, read the goddamn paper because they are highly formalized and they are it's in their best interest to write everything you need down. Yeah. And hopefully one day the information booth in the lobby will be filled and you'll be able to ask the question before you get in the wrong line. Okay. That is a long walk so, for a short drink of water. You know, do you know where I was going though with Let's let's try and make the case for our, why bureaucracy can be bad. Well, they're expensive. That, that that's the whole point. Not they're just expensive, but when people try to justify their existence and they they lobby entities within government to either acquire more funding or maintain their existence, and they do so, and it's it's actually not necessary for them to continue to exist. And I get what your argument is. Your original argument for that was if there is a business case to be made for them not to exist, they will cease to exist. I get that. But in a lot of cases, the reality is there's a lot of those entities that still exist and they still... Name one. Oh, God. Don't put me on the spot like that. I'm going <laughs> to research the fuck out of this. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to slam it down your throat. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the main problem we should have been looking at is uh, what is a bureaucracy's priority? The people beneath them, like from from their higher ups, the people beneath them, or how much money they're making. Well, that's a more complicated one because a simple bureaucracy is going to have um, it's a company. Mm -hmm. It's got board of directors, shareholders, and the shareholders ultimately decide how the companies have influence. They are required to comply. With regular regulations, but people are a resource. So if you abuse your resources, you're not going to get the output that you want, and that's intertwined in those complex systems. It's not. This is their priorities because it's in their mandate. If no one typically says it's in our mandate to abuse people, what kind of mission statement is that? Well, usually they wouldn't come right out and say that. They would dress it up with fancier words that people don't usually understand and. Well, literacy is still an important skill, like I mentioned earlier. <laughs> That's <laughs> come on, man. But um, <coughs> but I mentioned that as well. Yeah, but bureauc any organization can extort people. I mean, we talk, and there's inside of bureaucracy, there could be multiple divisions and sections, and they might be at an outpost in the middle of Antarctica for whatever reason. And abuse happens there. It's the corporation. Or is there some sort of dysfunction in management? Now, I would argue that if a CEO is improper, they're not going to last too long. And it only takes really one bad case for them to be cease to be employable. Their whole career is riding on that thing, on their reputation. Hmm. 
So Chip Wilson and Lululemon is an example. He made some really bad comments and offended certain women. And he went out and said that certain women should not wear their product um, for better or worse. Uh, and he was, after a second comment, I can't remember what the second comment was, he was promptly, uh, the board of directors promptly showed him the door. Mm-hmm. His replacement did, fell in the same similar footsteps and also got shown the door. <coughs> They're on track now from my last I heard, but the point is that if you abuse your employees, you make off comments, the public perception of that company will affect sales. And if your sales are affected, the board of directors no longer likes you, and the board of directors no longer likes you, you promptly show them the door. So it's all tied in those systems. There's, there are checks and balances there. And the people have a voice because people the people are shareholders. By and large, they don't really care all that much. They'd rather leave it to the representative You're to deal hater. with it. You're a hater. Well, <laughs> is it true or not? It's yes and no. If you care, you're going to get involved. If you don't care, you're not going to get involved. Well, that's, that's another voting no, it's option. Not, it's not that I don't care. It's that it's too big for me. You know, it's it's bigger than I am. It's too complex and it's very difficult to understand. And that's what bureaucrats are good at. They're good at, they're experts. Keeping people in there. that They're experts in the fields that they work and operate in. And they're able to keep common people in the dark while still justifying their existence. Should, is this the point where I say checkmate? <laughs> yeah, we're beyond the checkmate phase. Uh, we're we're, we're uh, lost in an holding pattern. Um, so, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if... Uh, a politician in the dark, leaving his people in the dark while justifying his position, wouldn't the fact uh, the fact that he's justifying his position enlighten people to what he's doing? I don't know. Depends That's what you just said. Depends on how he justifies it, which is there's a, a whole, huge gray area. There's a how many people read the omnibus bills? How many people read the legislation before Parliament? How many people read it after it's left the Senate? It's a so, lot of bureaucrats. If, if you don't read the literature, then you're not in the dark. You but, are oblivious because you choose to. Okay, be. there's one thing. Between, there's a whole requirement for publication. There's a difference. You got to be careful how you use the word literature because what you're reading is really hieroglyphics, and I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> okay. The official languages of this country are English and French. Yes, but Pick the one. language that they use in those documents is not exactly the same kind of Queen's English that you and I are speaking. Well, it came up to Queen's Press, but... But you know what I'm saying? I, it's a I got it. Language. I, I got it. And they're... In each it's a language things. of elitism. And I think that attitude right there is why it's hard to read because you refuse to actually learn how they speak no they're you know what so so i agree with both of you some of the stuff is crafted in a certain way in order to do things some stuff is crafted poorly and allows for loopholes some things are by are by mistake and some things are actually by design and when you craft legislation that is the key piece you need to understand is when legislation comes through there's a certain aim and a certain effort they need to do then after it's been gone through the senate once massaged and properly, hopefully properly scrubbed, approved by the Senate, goes for ascension, put into law, and then legally tempered. Mm. So old laws, we're, we're kind of blessed in the, this country where our 
bureaucracy of a government has a check and balance. Supreme Court of Canada mm-hmm. has the ability to change law. Okay. So most organizations, for example, <coughs> uh, in the UK, they don't have that ability. Really? So in the UK, Parliament is supreme. The courts dare not challenge Parliament. Really? I did not know that. Uh, they can't remember how the U.S. works, but it's well, it's three to... branches. So, and the judicial branch has, uh, well, you have the executive branch, which has supreme executive power, but it can be challenged by the judicial branch, can it not? In the U.S., some... I, I can't remember all the details. Something I'd... like that. But the, the key point is, we're blessed in Canada. So when you pump out a law that doesn't necessarily make sense, yeah. it can be challenged <clears throat> if it infringes on certain rights of of another. Yeah. The main, so coming down to so the judicial branch by itself is a bureaucracy. It's yes. another layer, checks and balance. I know. So as we wrap this up, um, I want to make probably make it clear that most branches, if of any bureaucracy, if they're not producing what they need to, their days are numbered. It moves like an iceberg, as you say. <laughs> However, their days are numbered, and hopefully they retire before they get terminated or reassigned into another position. Because bureaucracies, by nature, are larger and can absorb those people. Yeah. Okay. The best way I've heard it explained is, and this is pretty common sense, and as pretty common sense an argument as it gets, and by no means original or any means thought-provoking but bureaucracy is like anything else too much of it is bad too less of it or not enough of it is also bad having just the right amount is perfect but it's freaking impossible to achieve and i think that's where the heart of most people's grief with bureaucracy lies it's because we'll never achieve that perfect balance. And and I agree with you. I can agree with that. And the last, probably the last one is if bureaucracies typically sit there to evaluate all the rules and give you what you're entitled to, not necessarily what you want, not necessarily what you wish for. But they're designed to try and give you what you're, what you're entitled to. And that's it. That's the perfect balance of bureaucracy. Final thoughts, Forever 21? No, not really. You guys kind of cool. Goalie skull. Goalie skull, right there. <laughs> we'll be careful. We just skewed a whole section of our audience. Um, well, and on that note, I think it's a good place to end it. Thanks for listening. I've been rocks. I've been whiskey. Regrettably, forever twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Have a good weekend. <laughs>